Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How are you all doing out there? If this is your first time joining our podcast. My name is Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. I'm the host and CEO uh, of Woodshed Agency and the host of Successfully Funded. This is what we do here. We talk to project creators, typically while they're in the middle of a campaign or as a campaign just ends or, um, and, and we want to know what worked. You know, what did you guys work on? Um, how did you guys get to become successful? Um, what were some of the strategies? What's the, what was sort of the temperature going on? So today we've got an amazing conversation coming up because we are talking to somebody that might even know more about crowdfunding than me, flat out. Um, we're going to be talking to, to Russell Nolte, and he has had over 11 Kickstarters that he's created, but he's also backed 405 campaigns, right? So this is a major, major Kickstarter uh, community member, and we get way into the weeds on what it takes to get these campaigns successful. So if you're thinking about uh, working on a campaign or running a campaign, uh, you got to listen to this conversation because him and I are going to definitely get in the weeds on it and uh, we're going to break it down here. So that conversation is coming up in just a little bit. Um, another thing to talk about too is um, what is going on, man? We've got the, the coronavirus. It's, it's uh, I just got out of a, out of a building meeting as to where we are. Um, and there's a film festival that I'm, you know, uh, on the fringe of being a part of, you know, or I'm, a, I'm around it. I know a lot about it that's happening here in Farmington, Michigan. You know, we're talking about potentially having to cancel that. Um, you know, where my podcast is, you know, my podcast producer, she goes to school. They've, they've put her, all of her classes digitally. I mean, life's changing right now, right? Uh, we are going to just be on the internet. So I don't know, maybe you guys will be sitting around. You have nothing to do. Make sure you guys listen to the podcast, right? Like, uh, <laughs> well, I, maybe, I, I shouldn't say that. That's not being nice. But, um, but with that said, I mean, you know, we've, you know, it's, it's hard to know what's going on, right? There's, I think right now what's happening is that there is a major spotlight on what's happening with social media disinformation because you don't know where to look. There's, there's truly no leader um, right now as to, you know, calming us, getting us heads up, telling us how to be feeling. We don't have that. We have, you know, politicians talking to us. We have... It feels like, you know, governors and state people making major decisions of like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to shut down a, a, a college or we're going to put our college strictly online. Um, you know, so it, it's, um, it, it's, it's a tough time because you just don't know. You don't want to overreact, but you don't want to underreact. You don't want to have panic, right? Um, so it's, it's an interesting time right now. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued as to maybe how are all of you guys feeling? Like, what is the temperature where you guys are? I mean, I'm here in Michigan. We just yesterday or last night had our first known case. I mean, if you're somebody who's out in, um, you know, out on the West Coast, you know, you guys have been living this now for with a week or so. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's an odd time. You're seeing all these major cancellations happening in the South by Southwest and stuff. So, um, so we're kind of personally, as a company, we're intrigued as to what is this going to do in the crowdfunding space, right? Like, how is this going to land? Um, you know, is this going to impact everything that I do? Is it going to impact campaigns on a major level? We've already seen an impact on manufacturing. Um, but, you know, truly, a 
Kickstarter is kind of the first thing to go if you're kind of either hoarding some money or you're starting to get in a little bit more of a panic or, you know, are you really buying something you kind of don't really need off of Kickstarter? I mean, Kickstarter is definitely a, uh, it's a luxury, right? Like, you know, supporting campaigns is, you know, very rarely is there something on a, on a Kickstarter that's a, I need this in my life so bad. It just doesn't exist, right? It's not a necessity. It's not food. It's not water. It's not shelter. It's not these things, right? Um, and, you know, in our conversation with Russell, we're going to talk about this too of like, you know, he thought this campaign was going to be gigantic, but he's running into conferences have been canceled. He was supposed to be at, um, you know, do people, you know, again, do people really need to buy a coffee table book right now or a coffee table comic book, I should say. And the answer is no, not really. So we're, we're, we're monitoring how, what's going on in our end. We're trying to figure out a ton of stuff right now. Um, and it's, you know, it's a challenge. It really, really is right now without, um, you know, without uh, a true leader kind of uh, guiding us and, and, you know, just doing the right thing, right, for millions and millions of people. So I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts on it today. Um, it's definitely something that's we're starting to see the impact here uh, at, uh, in Michigan. Uh, I know some of the other people are already feeling it, but it's what it is right now, right? So, all right. Well, with that said, why don't we go ahead and pivot over to my conversation? So again, a couple things though. If you, this is your first time, make sure you hit the subscribe button. These episodes do come out pretty regularly. Um, we try to stay on top of it as much as possible. So make sure you're a subscriber. Make sure you, you know, like us on the Facebooks and the, uh, and the Instagrams and all that stuff. Get really dive into our world. If you're thinking about running a campaign and you want to talk to somebody, uh, uh, go to woodshed.agency backslash consultation and uh, pick a time to talk. I, I give 20 minutes to everybody. Tell me what you're working on. I can either validate or give you a reality check as to what's going to be happening for your campaign. And just so you know that you're, you're not making any missteps. So, um, but yeah, so make sure you guys do that. But um, okay, with all that said, why don't we go ahead and kick to my conversation with, with Russell and uh, let's talk about his project. And that is the uh, Cthulhu is hard to spell. Let's go chat about it now. All right, Russell, red lights on. This is the this is the pressure point right now. You can probably feel it. Probably getting a little sweaty, a little nervous right now. Let's start off with a quick sound check. Uh, tell us uh, what you had for breakfast this morning. Uh, uh, soft boiled eggs and uh, black beans with some salsa. And I always have a cup of. I can't drink coffee anymore, so I had a cup of herbal coffee tea. Oh, interesting. No more coffee, huh? They they got to cut that out. My stomach can't deal with it. Uh, it also can't deal with red wine, but I am too addicted to, I, I need that too much to give that up. Uh, but I, I gave the coffee up, which is very hard. Hey, I have still to this day, never had a cup. So I, I don't know what I'm missing or whatever. I know my wife's a coffee drinker, but I, I don't know. I'm not. That's okay. Some, some of it's very good, but some tea is very good too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good. Um, let's jump right into it. So why don't you start with telling my listeners what you're currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter? Uh, we're raising money for the follow-up to my smash hit uh, anthology, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. It's 38 stories it's about the gods and monsters of HP Lovecraft. So there is a lot of his horror, but there's also a lot of... Uh, subversion of his horror uh, of the characters themselves like i have a story about uh a yith who gets transported back in time into a cat body uh there's a story about chub nigroth on a date with dagon 
And so there's, it's all about the gods and monsters, some of it being horror, but also some of it being like the life and times of the monsters in the Lovecraft universe. Interesting. And you said this is a follow-up to, to a previous, previous uh, book that you did? Yeah, we did uh, our last, uh, our biggest Kickstarter ever was the original Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, which was 35 stories about the gods and monsters of Lovecraft. Uh, and it raised $39,246 from over 1,000 backers. Wow, that's awesome. So what was the idea around doing a second, uh, second version, doing more stories, just people wanted it, or you just felt like there was more to do? Yeah, walk me through that a little bit. Uh. The honest truth is, uh, middle of last year, my entire company was exploding on them on itself. All three of them were imploding on themselves, and so uh, we looked back and tried to figure out uh, the things that were the most successful that we could go and like try and like at least build uh, and 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 sort of follow back. We're not a company that does follow ups. Like we don't like I, don't, I generally don't like doing series, but um, as a publisher, you kind of understand that you have to do series in order to and like go back to your hits like you have to go do it um and so i wanted to do an anthology and everyone we had just delivered the anthology to people a couple of months before and we were starting to get feedback it was selling well um, it was just it was just a, a natural fit to go back to our most popular product again plus uh i mean it's just the great world it's, it's one of my favorite mythologies uh it's 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 something unique in the Lovecraft space, which is very hard to come up with. You know, there's a thousand Lovecraft anthologies, but very few uh, deal with anything that's not the psychological horror that was Lovecraft's bread and butter or the cosmic horror. Uh, and uh, people people loved it. It's also our first product that is uh, all ages appropriate. So uh, it was, again, it, it just made uh, all the sense in the world to go back to it. Most popular product, most beloved product. Um, and then we did a couple of other books that we came back to on Kickstarter throughout the last year that were, uh, that were also sort of follow-ups that worked well for us. Interesting. Now, now you mentioned, I mean, I think you've done uh, over 10 campaigns. Is that, is that sound about right? Yep. This is my 11th campaign that we're running now. Awesome. So is, and is that, um, that's for a, a published book every time. So you, you would describe yourself as like a publishing company? Yes. Uh, so it's either for, most of them are for comics, but we've also done book and children's book Kickstarters as well. Interesting. How, and how, in terms of like between those, does one kind of work better? I know kind of kids book can be somewhat challenging sometimes. Like, is there one that just is better to, for the platform for, you know, to, to, to publish this way or do you find that it's kind of all easy? I mean, I definitely think the comics community is the best community as far as publishing. Uh, the, the projects are all very high quality. Uh, it's uh, uh, the, uh, the, the comic book, comic books, it's a part of the process. Like if you get into comics, you know you're going to do a Kickstarter and then you know you're going to do conventions. With books and children's books, that's not the traditional model. So uh, there's still a lot of people on the platform that don't quite know how to use the platform, but pretty much everybody in comics uh, uh, is, is, is following you know, the, the long tradition, it's kind of like a lot of tech products are done in, in Kickstarter. So like, if you're, if you're making a tech product or a film, you're probably going to go to Kickstarter. So those communities end up being quite robust. Uh, and, 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 and the quality is quite high. So it builds a, a nice community. The problem with the publishing part of Kickstarter is, uh, 
there's a lot of bad publishing projects, like a ton of bad publishing projects where people don't even like have a cover, where they don't have a, a good blurb, they just have nothing. And uh, that means that people aren't doing a lot of scrolling through the publishing platform. You have to, and they're not doing a lot of cross promotion because there's not a lot of authors that are on there. And a lot of the authors that are on there are not, uh, uh, not the shiny example of Kickstarter. Let's just say that. So uh, in, in comics, it's very easy to find people to cross promote with, to find great projects. And there are a lot of people just scrolling for random projects. So if I were to pick one I uh, for Kickstarter, I would say uh, comics. But books are a lot easier to sell on the open markets. So there's a much bigger, uh, the, the books are almost 35 times as big as comics are on the open market. So while it's not as popular on Kickstarter, um, or even at shows, just putting it on Amazon or something, your, your market's going to be quite a bit bigger. Right. Interesting. Interesting. And, and in your process, what kind of starts happening when you're getting ready to publish a book or even like the, the, the current Kickstarter, you know, for you personally, like, what do you start doing? Is it just sourcing the stories? Is it building everything? Like what, what do you do? Uh, it takes about a year, uh, about, uh, six months to a year, roughly a year, uh, because, uh, the first step is uh, opening the submissions and submissions are open for about two months, uh, a month and a half, two months. Uh, sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more. It's cutting down each time we do it. Um, but uh, we get about 100 submissions. We pull out the top 40 or so of those, 30 or 40. It, I mean, we're not, it, it could be 50, it could be 20. It's whatever like the high quality ones are that we think all uh, fit with the theme of the book that we're trying to develop. And uh, then uh, they have roughly three to six months to do the art. And then we bring it to Kickstarter once it's done, you know, uh, three months. We're hoping that between two and three months now we have the book fully compiled so we can start doing promotion, sending it to, sending it to press, um, getting all of the, the backer feedback on it. I do a lot of uh, sending out the campaign design to people. So we have a mailing list of about 20,000 people on it. And every time before the campaign launches, I send it out to them to get any feedback, plus a couple of hundred of my creators to get feedback. Uh, so and a, a couple of groups to get feedback. So uh, we spend a lot of time getting feedback on the, the, the campaign page. So I like to have that up for at least a month before the campaign starts, especially now that that, that Kickstarter has um, has allowed you to send approval in and then get a promotion like a coming soon page. Uh, I want to have that up for as long as humanly possible. And then when we have a vanity domain, uh, Cthulhu was hard to spell.com and, and whatever we're pointing to. So if it's after launch, we'll point to the, the, the Amazon page. If it's before launch, we'll point to the pay to the, the uh, coming soon page. And uh, if it's launching, it'll point to the main page, whatever we're trying to, it just points to wherever I'm trying to get it. But all the creators involved, they just have to remember that one Cthulhu was hard to spell link dot com link right gotcha 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 and and then for you how much like are you handling in terms of like maybe feedback of something let's just say you get some artwork in and you're like eh, all of it like wanna... me and me and the editor do all all of that stuff but honestly we don't get that many many bad submissions all the people are pretty well vetted i believe that when my um that when the when the when we've done uh 
commissioned the book and we've hired everybody that our job is like 80% done. So we do uh, every once in a while, I get art back that is not up to snuff and we have to cut it. Um, usually what we do though is work with the writers to get the story right. And the, the art is usually the least problematic part of it. Uh, we very rarely have to do work on the art, um, but that's because we see the artist. The, the, the writer really just puts a pitch together and then he has to, or she has to like deliver the script. Um, but even then I would say heavy work involved on maybe 25 to 30% of scripts, but usually less than that. Most of the people, uh, they deliver something awesome. And a lot of them, they don't even, we have these deadlines. So like this, uh, we have a kill fee for the book. And if people hit the kill, in order to hit the kill fee, you have to hit the deadlines. But you don't have to hit the deadlines if you don't care about the kill fee. You just have to hit the one final deadline. Uh, so we, uh, so I think we only killed one story at the deadline before the deadline, and uh, and we and we only saw maybe a third to forty percent of the stories. Almost all of them just literally came in, and they were they were. They, they were pretty much done. Uh, some of them needed a little bit of lettering tweaks. Uh, some of them needed a little bit of dialogue tweaks, but pretty much um, the day, the deadline, the week before the deadline, we got 60% of the stories in, in that last week and had to do very little work on it. Um, and that is because we do so much work before uh, we hire somebody. Like we spend an inordinate amount of time finding the right people uh, and and going to the submissions and making sure that it's going to be a top quality book. And that allows us to give their artists a lot of freedom when uh, they get they get attached to it. And then we're just there for support. Sure. That's awesome. How did you get into this? I mean, what's your background? So I uh, started as a I moved to L.A. in 2008 to be a writer and director. And that did not work. So uh, 2010, my manager at the time showed me comics and I had not read comics for a long time. And I just fell in love with the, with, with, with the format and, the, and, 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 and what you could do with the medium and that the cost was like a tenth of what producing a movie cost. And so um, I kind of fell into comics. I did not think I'd be publishing other people's comics or other people's work. But what ends up happening when you're a... Uh, when you're a comics, when you're working in comics, is you start building up this list of people you'd like to work with, right? Like friends, family. I mean, in all genres, like in all things. It's not just. It's like in tech and all the other things too. But I had a list of several hundred people that I wanted to work with, and knew I would never, as a writer, um, I would never work with any of these other writers. And as a uh, and as a person who does maybe one anthology, one comic at a time maybe i'd work with 10 of these artists in my whole life uh unless i opened my publishing line which i was not uh, ready to do and so uh i was i had nothing i needed something to fill up space in my publishing slate um we were not doing that well on kickstarter uh, after these books and so i had gone back and asked like what uh what people wanted to see from us and they told us uh more monster stuff and 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 more comic stuff and not so much novel stuff. And so uh, I was already tapped out on, on the graphic novel that I was making at the time. So I couldn't make another one. So I decided that it was a great, that merging those things uh, 
the monsters and the friends of mine and uh, be able to work with 50 or 60 artists at the same time. And so the first one was a closed submission process called Monsters and Other Scary Shit. And we, um, uh, it, it was all just people that I wanted to work with. I, and we ended up with 224 pages of, and it was all over the place. It was black and white in color. And there were like one to 15 pages. It was, it was a, it was a glorious mess uh, and it raised $27,000 on Kickstarter and it sort of really uh, jump-started my career. And so uh, from that, I decided, well, the next one I have to make good. Like I have to be like a professional, like not that I, like I had the, the, the theory, but like I didn't really know what I was doing making an anthology. So like the anthology is good. It's not like it's a bad anthology, but we, uh, 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 I, I went back and I, I, I asked everybody who, who got the book, like what they liked and didn't like. And that was when we iterated on Cthulhu was hard to spell, which ended up being all ages and full color and uh, much shorter stories and all of the kind of uh, things I didn't know were wrong with the first anthology when I was making it. Uh, we, um, we, uh, we, we changed for the Cthulhu one and that Cthulhu one then, um, just smashed through every goal that I had for it. We went from 27,000 to 39,000. And then I kind of thought I was done with, uh, with doing the anthologies because it was so hard. It's so hard. It's 70 creators. It's 35 stories. It's managing. And like when the, when the expectations are that high, like the, the pressure was really high and it just like almost killed me. <laughs> uh, but twice, twice, it almost killed me twice because the first one also was a bear. Um, but then my friend, uh, Chris Simon, who used to be an editor at uh, Shadowline, and I worked with tons of uh, everyone from Nick Spencer to uh, on down the line. So all sorts of amazing people. We were got to talking and she said, I, you know, I'd like to get back into editorial if I, if I could. And, uh, you know, the budget I have for editorial, it's not very high, but I happen to, because of how big the first one was, I knew the the margin that I had on to hire a second person. And I knew that really the only thing, the only way that I could do a new, another one was with, um, with somebody helping me. And so I, uh, I, I hired her to help me and she really took the load off uh, a lot of the load. She did a lot of the submission culling. Um, and she was there to check everything every step of the way with me and make sure, like I've never worked for a company, so I had no idea if my editorial notes were stupid or like great or genius or just run of the mill or like what they were. So it was really nice to see that like we, the things I was saying to the writers were the things she was also saying to the writers and like that, that like I wasn't totally coming out of left field and that there was just somebody uh, to check all of the work that I did. So it wasn't all on me. And so uh, she was really the thing that unlocked my ability to do this one because uh, without her and having the, the, all the responsibility on myself, I, I honestly don't think I could have done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a ton of work. I, I can't, you know, it's already a lot of work just running up, just doing a campaign, but to have all those creatives around you and, and all that sort of stuff, it just seems like a monstrous, monstrous task. So let, let's flip over a little bit to this Kickstarter. Um, you know, so what kind of behind the scenes uh, were you guys doing just before you launched? I know you mentioned a little bit about just getting a lot of feedback, but how do you know when you're ready to hit that launch button? Because it's such an important day. Is there any sort of metrics that you're looking for behind the scenes to know, like, you know, 
Well, I think you have to have the, the launch day before, like you have to be moving to a launch day. Like the whole point of the pre-launch process is to be pulling back the elastic so that people are, uh, so that the tension is so taut that by the time you, uh, you snap that rubber band back and hit the launch button, everybody is like desperate for the book. Uh, so I don't think you can do it without the launch, without like having the date in mind. So I, um, and the bigger the book is, the more of the planning that you have to do. So for this plan, I knew it was going to be either March 3rd or March 10th um, that we were going to launch when we were when we were putting the book together. And it was really going to depend on on um, a couple of factors: the the how long it took me to put the book together, um, being the most important one, and uh, and then like how. Uh, how much time, whether I wanted to, to, whether I needed to get it in before the end of con season, because it's a, it doesn't seem like a week difference is a lot, but it's actually like three because the book will probably arrive somewhere at the end of June and beginning or beginning of July. It's the difference between having it for my end of June and July shows and not having it for my end of June and July shows. Uh, so it's quite a bit different. And so, uh, uh, I ended up on March 3rd. I was worried about it because it's Super Tuesday. Um, but working back then, it became quite a bit easier. And while uh, it's much harder to do uh, a, 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 to manage uh, anthology, you do have the advantage of having all of those people to help you push the book down the, down the road. So um, uh, the first step is getting the book to all the creators. I want to make sure I get it to them and the press. So the first step is roughly a month and a half to two months out. I prefer three months out, but I don't usually have that latitude uh, when I'm doing a book. Um, I'm going to build another month in this, uh, this time, but I like to have three months, but at the very least six weeks to get it to the creators, get it to my creator contacts and uh, get it to the press to make sure that they uh, they have time to read it and enjoy it and find a pick a favorite, especially the creators who were involved with the book, because if they read it and enjoy it, they'll promote it better and, 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 and more from the heart. All right. I'd love to have a little bit more. Yeah. I'd love to have a little bit more time, but six weeks is the minimum for people to get excited about the book uh, and to make sure that they have enough time to read it. And I want to make sure at least the creators read it. Um, and and, and enjoy it because if they read it and enjoy it, they're going to promote it better. Um, just like with a person watching a movie or whatever in the other categories, playing with the prototype, you want to give them enough time that they can sink their teeth into it. And uh, so I try to have the campaign done a month early. Once it's out there, then I try and also put a preview link on Book Funnel uh, and the preview link. Um, then I ask the creators to send out to their friends and personally contact people who they're going to read it. But that'll be like a 50, 40 or 50 page uh, preview link. Uh, and then a month early, I like to have the book, the book page, the, the, the Kickstarter preview page live. And then I start sending that out to, to people um, to, for review. Uh, and then, uh, and the, including the creators and my creator friends, I don't send it to my fans yet. Uh, I send that uh, so I send that to fans a week before, two weeks before at the max. Usually two weeks before, I send out the uh, I send out the campaign page, and then a week before I send out what the early bird perks are going to be to the fans, and then um, 
then the week before I spend the week every day, I at least write one post about something special about the book. Um, it could be um, the history of the book. I could talk about one of my favorite stories. I could talk about our, my story. I could talk about, uh, I could talk about why it's important. I could talk about love crop, whatever it is, but that's about a week. Uh, uh, and then, um, and that's just to capture everybody. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm sending out the preview, either the preview book funnel link, or usually by the, by the week before I'm sending out, um, the, 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 the campaign page because then they can see the campaign page and they can get notified at the top. So it does more than just, uh, get notification. They can actually see what pledges they want and see what the page looks like. Uh, so usually I'm sending the preview page out to people with different imagery and such. And then I'm hoping that I've captured as many humans as possible who are excited at this point. And that's when, um, that's when uh, I, I snapped the rubber band back and hopefully we do a big launch. And, you know, we did $8,500 that first day. So that's pretty good. Um, and uh, it's the biggest we've ever done. And we're currently sitting here on the first Friday at $13,000, which uh, is not super impressive to like a book board game category or like film category, but for the book category, especially the comics category that almost has no $25,000 campaigns and, and, and maybe one $50,000 above campaign every three months, uh, we're doing pretty well in that, in the space that we're in. Yeah. And we talked a little bit before uh, we turned the mics on just around like just the world, world events and how that impacts. Walk me through a little bit around how you're starting to see the coronavirus and what's happening in the press kind of impacting a campaign. Because I think, you know, it's important for project creators to know that we don't control everything, right? You can, you can plan, plan, plan. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of something. So yeah, walk sure. me through a little bit that. The, um, so uh, this week got three big hits. Uh, the first was Super Tuesday, which I had planned for and ended up not being that big a deal. We launched on Super Tuesday. We still had our best launch ever. Um, what started to eat away was um, the every day the coronavirus was more and more likely to cancel Emerald City Comic Con, which is uh, a huge event for creators. It's all they were talking about. Uh, and every day it seemed to shift onto some other thing, uh, other, other piece of whether it was going to get canceled. And then one day they said they were going to offer refunds for attendees and then for artists. And so it's been like this developing story and every day it's more and more and more tiring. And I, 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 I feel like I can, um, I can handle any one singular thing, but it's when they compound on top of each other. Uh, so not only did we have the coronavirus in general in LA, Los Angeles County being put in a state of emergency, but specifically to my industry, it became, uh, you know, conventions are not just a, 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 are not just like a local event, especially big ones. They're with, with, for comics, they're like the biggest sales mechanism besides Kickstarter. It's, it would be like if all of Amazon went down for like four days and just nobody could make any money on, 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 on Amazon or, uh, so, I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal that like sucked all the air out of, out of, out of everything. And meanwhile, you know, you're sitting on the fourth day of your campaign. Oh, and, 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 and on top of that, you know, 
we're like in a recession. They can say that they're not in a recession, but like they're wrong. Like they're like, I'm there, like I'm out in the world. And I see that like people's belt belts are constricting, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're searching for essentials. And even if they're, they're worried that like with the people, like for instance, Seattle is a ghost town right now. So like every business in downtown Seattle is like dying because like they have no money coming in because no one's walking around. All the big companies are telling their people to work at home. Um, and people aren't even, uh, uh, so it's like, there's lots of money around, which means there's lots of money for, for, uh, for uh, frivolities, which frankly, 99% of Kickstarter projects are frivolities, right? Like these are not things that are essential. Like these are not toilet paper or, uh, or, uh, or, uh, or uh, hand sanitizer or soap or anything. These are like wonderful things. Like I love Kickstarter. I've backed over 400, so I'm not, and I've ran 11. So I'm not saying like, this is not a negative. It's just like, the first thing that goes in the set in 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 a in a, in a, in a recession are uh, extras, and the entire Kickstarter industry is built on like fun extra gadgets uh, and 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 books and such. So uh, all of those things kind of combine together to make it a lot harder. And on top of all of that, um, the Facebook algorithm has keeps changing. It becomes harder and harder every time to uh, to get noticed on kicks on on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and they're all now built on what feels like the same algorithm. Uh, which like, um, and Kickstarter itself is being uh, it has better and better projects, so it's harder to stand out on Kickstarter. Um, and and meanwhile, people's money is shrinking. So uh, it's 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 sort of like a perfect storm of stuff this month. And I'm, I'm, I'm bitter that I didn't start it like a month ago before all this happened. Cause who knows what would have happened if we did it in February instead of March, it might've been better. It might've been worse. I don't know. Um, but uh, Kickstarter's community also tends to be further left of center than uh, most communities in the world. And so uh this the uh looming threat of donald trump getting a fourth term and like all the people's favorite uh democratic candidates being kicked out of the race like because it wasn't just super tuesday right it was super tuesday and then that night pete Buttigieg got kicked out uh left the race who was a lot of people's favorite amy klobuchar and then two days later yesterday elizabeth warren left the race so it was like it's like all of all of those factors go into people's ability to consume and a lot of people get overwhelmed by that and they just turn off social media or they turn off i did it i was like last night i was like i can't look at this anymore it's too much so um all of those things don't just jam up your newsfeed, but they also jam up uh people's ability to just like suffer through the insufferable world that we live in <laughs> yeah, uh, you're spot on, man. I, I, that's uh, uh, I just got back from DC. I was actually talking about crowdfunding there at a conference, and uh, I, you know, I everybody's got wide eyes looking at me like it's it's not that hard. I'm like, you have no idea how hard it is. This is the hardest marketing there is to do. Nobody really wants your product, you know, like nobody truly needs it. Kind of, we were just talking about that. It's a nice thing. I, it might solve a problem, but you have no idea how hard it is, you know. And, and I, well, I'm always trying to educate people on like, man, people 
people are just being inundated every split second with a gazillion things, you know? So yeah. And then, and more people are coming onto the platform every day and Kickstarter is doing some, Kickstarter is doing some nice things to help separate you. And the people at Kickstarter are lovely. It's like their product is getting better and better and more people are, are using it. So like, that's great for them and like great on some level for us, but, uh, on some level, you had saturation too, where it's like, it used to be, I mean, we've both been doing this for a while. It used to be like, if your product was like 10% better than like everything else on the market, like it was like, you were funded like that. Uh, and it's not like that anymore. It's sort of, it sort of feels like, uh, you know, if you don't have a world-class product, it's hard to even get in the conversation. Whereas when I started five years ago, or six years ago, or however many years ago it's been at this point. I think I ran my first Indiegogo in 2011. Or it was like, if you just like, your book kind of looked competent, uh, like people were gonna give you a lot of money and you were gonna get way more money than like, when projects launch today, I'm like, my God, how is that not making any money? And then I looked, this morning I looked at all the campaigns and I was like, oh, like all these books look good like they don't all look great and they're not all my cup of tea but like even the ones that have raised like fifty dollars like still look at their campaign page like looks professional well i mean I, you know i say this too we you know in the kickstarter community i think you know we lost the projects we love doesn't have much weight anymore it feels like you know it used to be if i got that we saw a huge spike um if we got into a newsletter we would see a gigantic spike like that would make or break our campaigns and then you know <laughs> or we used to get a, the hero section, you know, like we would be on the front page. We just, I don't know, man. It, it, I don't, yeah, none of those things really, what it really comes down to is what it came down to uh, uh, 50 years ago, which was like, you have to control the means of how you contact your audience and like get them off of the, any platform, including Kickstarter and onto your own newsletter or onto your own things. So like you can control the narrative and, uh, People generally don't stop reading their email when they stop reading social media and they still go into that thing. So a combination of the people who are following you getting that email, you sending the emails, you having really good promotions. So we do uh, the big uh, like early bird perks and big prize packs and stuff to like motivate people to back now. And all of those things are still working even we even when we did the first campaign, man, like we raised forty thousand dollars in two thousand eighteen in September, and I'll be honest, it was not that hard. Like, like it was not that hard. Now I'm sending like one to two emails every day to my list, and like it it, it was really hard when I was building the the, the thing, right? Like from two thousand and fourteen or two thousand and ten or two thousand and seventeen, like it was really hard because nobody knew who I was or wanted to. But then I like I like I had. I broke, like I, I had good camp, big name, camp, big campaigns. And like, it was like, oh, I just literally put it up there. And like, pretty much I got, and then two, even in 2018, similarly, but last year, like I was sending two emails a day, some campaigns. And like, I was like, I, I was back. It felt like I was back in 2000 and like 10 or 11 where, you know, uh, I had to just deluge people with, information for them to even get a chance and i know okay russell had a thirteen thousand dollar first week like what the heck is he complaining about but you know we all have data right like you have data of like all these other things that you that you've run and like wow why is this thing which is literally just like this thing like it costing 
10 times. Like it's like, this is the same product. And granted the second version is like usually harder than the first, but like it is significantly harder. No, we, I mean, we're right now, I mean, not only are we an agency, but we're really hands-on with our clients. You know, we've kind of stopped press because I don't work much in like a comic book and I don't have those little pockets, like board games have their little pockets. And I think comics have them of like, we're press really, if you get into some of these things, like you mentioned, I think, um, you know, a couple of those, the, the, the companies you were mentioning, you'll get a spike, but in the, like in a widget world, nobody wants to talk about your heated jacket. Like it's just not, it just doesn't move the needle. So if I, even if I get a, Huffington Post, yeah, nothing happens. We don't get backers from it, um, you know. So we, we we've kind of shied away from there. And then even in our email marketing, you know, we're, we walk that fine line of blasting people too much. To well, we I don't even know if they're opening it. You know, like they're not opening it, but they said they were interested. They did, you know, they not- got notified. They gave us emails. I got their cell phone numbers. Now they don't back. I'm like, well, well you guys were that interested, but you know, so what's the issue now? You know? So man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a battle every day. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. But it's a bug. You know, I launch stuff on Amazon and other places too. And like for all the, 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 the minuses we talked about, like there's nothing, there's nothing like Kickstarter for like support for like community for people like trusting you with their money, even though you might not deliver for like years. Uh, it's, 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 it's a unique thing that, that, uh, that, uh, that, um, for Margot uh, Atwell is the is the head of publishing. So Margot and Camilla and her team and the entire Kickstarter built this sort of like group of early people that uh, they just like really want to see cool things succeed. And I try and launch things on other places, and you know, there's there's they're definitely not as receptive to like that idea of like following the creator or following the product or following this cool weird thing um that 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 you see on kickstarter and so uh i mean i really love it i've i've done now 11 campaigns and every time uh it's exhausting and it's i'm 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 in fear the whole time uh but uh it's also very rewarding when you get to the end and you're like, oh my God, I have all these people's email addresses and like, they all like exactly how much they've gave me and how much they funded and how much, like, it's all, it's all right there. And, uh, it's, it's, and then they're all like commenting on your post and like, they're, they're doing stuff that they just don't do on Amazon or any other right, platform. Yeah, totally different. Totally different. Well, you know, so after, you know, the 20 days for this campaign and more than likely, I, I believe you'll be funded. I think you, you, you kind of get that sense too. Um, and the money starts to drop. What starts happening for you? Like in terms of getting the book out to backers, printing, all that stuff, what starts to happen for you? Sure. So I, um, I, uh, the day after the campaign ends, I, uh, I go into, um, recovery mode for all the canceled pledges. It's always like 7% or something canceled uh, uh, that didn't get. So I'm trying to get it down to 2% because then I can bring, go into backer kit and recover that final 2%. Um, so uh, I'm trying to get it just as low as I can in that first seven days. Uh, meanwhile, uh, every page of the campaign is always 100% done except for the special thanks page. So I go through when I construct the special thanks page. Um, and uh, and and that uh, kind of locks that in. Uh, and the book is then, uh, the book then has to wait 
for, I give people a week to give me um, their names that they wanted a special thanks or whatever, like whatever the names of the special thanks that they want in and making sure everyone's recovered. And then uh, it goes off to the printer roughly uh, two weeks after the campaign is done. Um, and then uh, I, I, uh, I, I wait for about another two to four weeks until I get proofs of the books come to me. And then I make sure that it's all right and the registers or the, the, the signatures are correct and like there's no, no errors there. And then I um and then uh and then I send the last half of the payment. I've already said the first half of the payments and the last half of the payment, and then the books come to me. I used the fulfillment service once and I did not like it. Um because I'm in LA. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to just get the books to me and then like figure it out. So I generally end up fulfilling in my house. Um, uh, and I probably will do that again, maybe with some help this time, depending on how big the campaign goes. But, uh, the books generally come to me two and a half to three months after the, after I, I, the campaign ends and I try to get them out, uh, a week like within a week of it coming because I usually always have a campaign that's launching very soon afterwards or a show that is happening very soon afterwards. And like, I, I don't think it's fair that people at a show uh, get it. And I always try to finish my last campaign before my new campaign starts. Um, so uh, I may not always be able to do that, but uh, I've now done it 10 times and I'm hoping to do it in 11th. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's sort of the schedule. It usually takes about uh, a year from uh, from beginning from beginning the project to launching the Kickstarter, and then another three months to get the Kickstarter out. And then uh, we 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 run it through uh, at least one campaign season, one like convention season, and uh, and then we we make a decision on what we're gonna do. Uh, this one was pretty easy because we put it on the table. And it immediately was selling like crazy. So we immediately knew we were going to do another one. Uh, some books take a little bit of time. Some books we just decided not to go back to print on when it runs out. Some ones, uh, we had a book called Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter, which went out of its seventh printing. And we were like, we're done with this book. And people got so outraged that like we brought it back into print. Uh, we did a Kickstarter just to bring that book back into print. Like and I, we were like, if you want it back in print, you've got you to help. Right. So uh, it's generally the process. I run a pretty boring company and uh, I've learned in the past several years that uh, the thing you really want, like if you like anything you can wish for, it's a boring company. It's a company that like has that like predictably can launch products with X amount of money and then has a process for doing it. And then that boring roteness allows you to take whatever the extra money is and like do cool things with it. But without that boring uh, process of like, here's how we get clients and here's how we do this. And this is the process. It's sort of what I've, I've been fighting against it for the first couple of years that I was a company. In the last couple of years, all I've been trying to do is have something where we could have like a promotional calendar that like works for us and we can keep getting money in. So that's, uh, that's sort of the process we have. We have, we have now a, pretty good schedule with our printer assuming that like they can actually get books out of china which is nebulous right now yeah, crazy <laughs> um so where can people kind of dive into your world if this is the first time they're hearing about you what you guys do how can where should people go outside of the kickstarter but 
how can they learn about you, your books, your projects, all that sort of stuff? Well, if you want to see the project that we're most proud of right now, then CthulhuIsHardToSpell.com is going to take you to the page that's live. Um, and you'll be able to see kind of what our books look like and what our campaigns look like. We have all of our, all of our main books um, on that page, so you can pick them up during the campaign. And uh, then uh, if you, you can also go to russellnolte.com, which is my website, uh, and that, or wannabepress.com. Um, if you're a podcast person, maybe you can, I have a podcast called the complete creative where we break down a lot of this stuff. We interview, uh, creators about how they built and sustain their creative careers. And, uh, there's a whole website called the complete creative that talks about all of this stuff, both Kickstarter and, uh, and beyond Kickstarter as well. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Russell, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. Got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of plates spinning. Uh, but this was a phenomenal conversation. Uh, it's always good to kind of you know, match wits with some insiders. That, who knows what's happening in the Kickstarter world? It was great, great. And I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much and uh, have, a, have a great rest of the campaign. And we'll be watching on our end and, uh, and supporting you as much as we can. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. How about that conversation with Russell? I told you we got in the weeds. I mean, we truly, truly did here. We, uh, more than most interviews, most interviews are a little more high level. This one is definitely, definitely in there. So if you're a regular listener, you probably got a ton of out, out of this because, you know, maybe we got uh, way, way, way more into it than, uh, than you were anticipating. But, uh, Russell, again, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to chat with us. It was a great conversation. I hope your campaign goes well. Uh, currently right now it's, it's, uh, got a little more ways to go here. It'll fun. Um, you know, they're about $5,000 out with about 15 days to go. It, it'll fund. It's just not what we, what he had anticipated. And, and we talk about why. So, um, again, if you're a listener, make, uh, thank you so much. Um, if you're not make, or you're not a regular listener, make sure you hit the subscribe button, go over to Facebook, search Woodshed Agency, find us there, find us on Instagram, go to our website, woodshed.agency. And, uh, yeah, keep listening because this is why we do this. We want to help project creators uh, get funded, right? Because uh, we want businesses to get off the ground. That is our number one goal here um, here at Woodshed Agency. So, all right, everybody, uh, let's go ahead and listen to some, uh, some sugar people. And uh, I will talk to you guys all later. Stay safe out there. And uh, if you're sick, don't go to work. All right, y'all. Talk to y'all later. Bye.